Okay, so if you're new here, you might not know this, but I do have a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the Kenyan Entrepreneur. And I'm going to get to the reason why I'm talking about my YouTube channel, mostly because I know you've already seen the title on this particular episode, and you already know that we're going to be talking about business reviews and whether or not I believe that they work or not. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because of the YouTube episode I just uploaded. And the entire premise of this particular episode is debt, more specifically business debt. And it has a lot to do with people, individuals, and even institutions that come out and try to debt shame you whenever you're unable to meet your financial obligations to them. And my entire thing in this particular episode is basically a question. And the question is, why is it that whenever you do a business deal with these companies or these individuals and everything goes on smoothly, they rarely come out and even give recommendations or referrals. Usually what happens is people just go quiet and they never talk about it, not unless someone comes out and asks about it. But whenever something goes wrong, whether or not it was intentional, they are usually very fast to go to different digital media platforms, mostly Facebook and Telegram, uh, buyer beware groups, and post you there or your company name there. And since you're usually the one who's on the wrong, your brand ends up suffering. So the thing about this particular episode is business reviews. And I was just looking at uh, one of the real estate companies in Kenya called Banda Homes. They've been dragged in a lot of scandals of late. I'm not sure, and I don't want to speculate on the business dealings they have with their investors or their partners. I'm just going to talk about the whole business review aspect of it. And if you look at, wait, the reason I'm talking about this is because when this whole hula balloon was going on, I went on Twitter and just tried to see what people were saying about this whole thing. And there was one um, tweet that caught my attention, and it was by a lady. I can't remember what her, her Twitter handle is. And what she said was, people should normalize using Google reviews, business reviews. And it reminded me of a company called TripAdvisor and the scandal that uh, I once read or heard about. And it had a lot to do with uh, people who come on your platform or who go on these platforms and write fake reviews. And even these companies that go out and sort of pay people to just go and write fake reviews on their platform so that people can actually buy into these particular projects. It also reminds me of uh, Play Stores, where you go and download your mobile app, and how some companies that uh, sort of get people in their own circles to go and write um, amazing reviews. So they write up to 100 or 200 reviews about the app. Because most of us are lazy. When you're downloading apps, you do not necessarily click on the next page of the reviews and in most cases the bad reviews usually are hidden or are sort of lost in between these quote-unquote good reviews and the entire thing of this episode is do you think business reviews work i was talking about this on my youtube channel youtube.com forward slash the kenyan entrepreneur just in case you missed it the first time and i was talking about people who sort of just decide okay I did this business dealing with this company or this person and it didn't go well. And mostly it had a lot to do with people who, whose relationship sort of fell apart. So when these people were in good terms, so whenever they were doing good business, they never really came out and told us, look, I work with so-and-so company or this and this company, and they are very good at 
one, two, three. And usually the people who complain are the people who are paying. Never, except for design um, pages or groups on Facebook and even Telegram, where you see designers come out and say, look, I did, I did this job for this company, but at the end of the day, they never paid me. Very rarely, when you go to these buyer beware expose groups, will you get a service provider complaining. It's usually the person who's paying. Not to say that uh, clients are not frauded or service providers are not frauded. I just feel like the person who's paying, because I think it usually has a lot to do with the pain of losing money that they've invested in whichever project. But the one thing that I focused on in this particular episode is business partners who sort of, you know, when you're, when you're a startup, and I talk about startups a lot because we're also in the startup phase. When, you are in a, when you're in a startup situation and you have a partner that you're working with, what usually happens is in the initial days of the business, you're not really making any money. And in most cases, you don't even have an investor. So what ends up happening is you end up using your own money. So I was giving an example of a partner that I had back in 2014-2015 who did not have a car and who whose partnership with me ended up failing mostly because whatever you we were doing was not making business sense and we had to sort of close down shops. Shop, not shops. <laughs> and I remember three, four months later, I think when things were going south, they texted me and they were like, uh, do you remember a few months ago I gave you 2,000 Kenya shillings? My cue, this was not a loan. So there's no conversation or contract that shows it was a loan that was extended to me. It was just money. I was like, uh, listen, guy, I'm in a fix. I need fuel. Are you able to send me an amount? I top up my car. Fuel. And they sent. The funny thing is, whenever we used to go for meetings with this particular person, I was the one driving. And in most cases, I used my own fuel. Never did I ask for fuel money from this particular person. And when you're a startup, the other thing that you do a lot is meet up in coffee shops and restaurants, basically. And that would mean that someone had to cough up the money to sort the bills. But I don't think it's an isolated situation, mostly because I understand how startups work. And I also understand how being... Uh, with zero shillings. Sometimes someone needs money that they can use at that particular time, but they do not necessarily have it. So when they go to their money mobile or mobile money apps and see that they sent you money and they can't really place an agreement or place um, some sort of arrangement between you and them, it usually dawns to them or on them that they need to ask for this money back. And I know this is not an isolated situation because I know so many startups, especially startups that have more than one founder who go through this because people tend to forget that in as much as they were investing in you, you're also investing in them. And I even see this um, law and order um, TV shows or, and even this divorce court, whatever, where people uh, sort of try and quantify what they are doing for this other person and asking for an amount against that. And my whole thing is, if you're doing this thing for this person and you wanted a string to be attached to, the, to, to that particular arrangement or agreement that you had with them, 
why didn't you put it down in writing or why didn't you make sure that you're protected in such a way that when things go south you're able to come out at the top of it when it comes to businesses it's a bit tricky mostly because i feel that when people see that you're doing something for example if you came to me and told me look I'm looking to start my own podcast, but I do not know where to start. But I've been seeing what you've been doing, and I would like for you to help me. And then I help you come up with this concept, and I show you the hosting platforms to use. I even show you how to distribute this particular RSS that now is assigned to your podcast. And then at the end of the day, your podcast does not um, perform as well as you hoped. And then you see me doing the same thing for someone else, and it takes off. Usually there's an element of jealousy that gets uh, embedded in this whole situation. And in the back end of this whole thing, you start telling people that you paid, but you never really got uh, value out of it. I remember when I was doing artist management, I would actually charge artists for music distribution. So if you wanted me to take your song to a TV station or a radio station, you'd have to pay me because at the end of the day, I'm going to pay the presenters for them to play that music. And it's something that most people do not want to acknowledge and people tend to downplay it. But for you to get your music played, sometimes you have to pay. So if I charge you, say, 10,000 Kenya shillings for your music to be played, and I'm going to give this DJ or this presenter 5,000 Kenya shillings, if they don't pay, if they don't play your music, because at the end of the day, these are backdoor deals, because no one who owns a TV station once people who work at the TV station making money off of their hard work or their platform. So it's usually uh, back-end deals. But if you give me a song and pay me, and I go ahead and give out this song, and I even have proof that I gave out this song to these particular DJs, if they don't play, you can't come blaming me for your song not getting played. Because at the end of the day, I'm a business person, and I have to look out for myself. And then the other thing is that... <laughs> From a managerial, a managerial, from a managerial position, I see I can tell what kind of songs can play or should play, but at the end of the day, I'm not a music technician. So if I give it out to the DJ or to the producer and the song ends up not being played, you can't really blame me, and you can't start talking about um, how I played you and your song didn't get played. That does not make sense. I think there is a need for businesses, institutions, and even for entrepreneurs and even these digital creators to understand that whatever you're doing, if you do not have the resources, you have to factor in an element of investment, and that means putting in money. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, investment in business means money. Relationships are good, but in most cases, it goes back to money, because even if you have relationships with these people, what usually happens is whenever you're meeting up, you're not going to be looking at each other all through. You're either going to share a cup of coffee or whiskey, depending on what you enjoy together. Anyway, so my question in this particular episode is, do you think these business reviews are legit? I know there are quite a number of instances that have shown us that these things are not legit, and you see this in uh, different scandals, people fake TripAdvisor um, reviews, people fake Google reviews, people fake mobile download reviews, and at the end of the day, when we see a negative review being talk, being presented against a business or an individual, I think it's only fair that we do our own research. And f- first of all, before we start trolling people on the internet, we actually have facts to back up what we're saying. Anyway, 
I'm, I don't want to stretch out this episode. I feel like I've already put out what I wanted to say. And I'm going to see you tomorrow with another episode. Feel free to go to youtube.com forward slash the Kenyan entrepreneur and subscribe. Our numbers are crazy growing. And I just want to thank you who is listening to this particular episode to, for subscribing and even helping grow that community. Anyway, my name is Sebastian. In case you're new here, welcome to the Gumzo Africa podcast. Around here, we talk about what is happening in the business and tech spaces. Until tomorrow, peace out. <laughs>